so we have some guest lecturers here today, which is nice. But also, we, we do have Julie, and she introduced herself, but she is the CAO for CIT International. So if any of you guys are looking for resources, that's a great place to go to look at CIT programs. They're also doing a big conference this year in Florida, and now I don't know the dates. In October? It's August, it's August. 15th through the 18th. Yeah. 15th through the 18th. Lawrence is on top of that one which is a great place to go to look, learn about more about CIT programs, what other places are doing. So it's nice to have you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you. Wendy, I see you. You popped up, and last time I called on you, you hit from me. And you did it again. <laughs> 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 I put on that one. Um, the other announcements, if you guys can, uh, just remember, you know, Jim will send out a link about a survey so you can get your certifications for this training. If you can take the survey, it's really easy. Again, it's only like a minute or two minutes. Uh, it really helps us on the eval of this, of this uh, project, so please do that. You guys can get your certifications. If you guys have any um, wants or ideas for some, some lectures or certain experts you guys like us to reach out to, you know, email Jen, let us know on that kind of stuff. Is there any other questions or comments from last week? <laughs> And on that, I will turn this over to John and Chris. All right. Um, we'll try to move this closer to you guys. So what we're hoping to accomplish today is to let you guys into how to communicate with somebody that is living with a brain injury. Um, so I'll let, I'll let Chris start with his perspective as a person living with a brain injury. Oh, um, you know, everyone with the brain injury is different. Um, there is no one way to talk to them. A good thing to begin with would be to um, ask questions during, you know, when you're first meeting them, if maybe they have a brain injury. Um, because a lot of people with brain injury can also seem like they're intoxicated. And so it's nice to um, ask them questions to find out if they are intoxicated or they have brain injury. Um, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than asking them, I don't think there's really a way to tell if they have it or not. Um, you know, when they do say that they have something like that, um, try to keep what you're saying to them simple so they can understand it. Uh, not everyone understands um, the greatest. They also can easily get distracted. Um, like if you were to pull someone over, the uh, flashing lights on the police car could very easily distract them. Uh, several of them have issues with lights. Um, you know, just simple stuff like that. Um, you know, can make a world of difference. There are a few groups out there that have put out uh, cards that 
people carry with them. So, you know, they can say, hey, I have brain injury. I don't react very well to, you know, and it lists certain objects. Um, Not, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what we'll do now is just walk you through, like I guess, the, the the more technical part of it. So we'll give names to the things that Chris was describing uh, and talking about. Uh, oh, uh, you got something here. So, um, well, Pat, help me here. So, why is brain injury so important, guys? It is so important because by 2020, the World Health Organization already said that it's going to be the largest public health problem in the world, the world. Um, about 65% of the homeless population that you will see walking around in Mexico, right here in Albuquerque, they have brain injury. So you face them a whole lot. Chris brought something really important here. He was talking about, you know, the way you approach somebody. I learned uh, about a month ago from, from Detective Tini, that when you get a 911 call, you go in full police mode, right? Because that's, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's what your job is. So hopefully what we do today is give you, Chris will give you like the overview. So we'll go in detail to, to give you certain things that you can catch and pick on a person to, to sort of kind of figure it out. You may have a brain injury and how to sort of reach them out, right? Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong thing. So problems, what, what happens when I have a brain injury basically is that whoever I am, it, it changed. Would that be a fair statement, sir? Yeah. Right. So, so it's not like I'm changing completely, but some things change. So some of us go through problems with communication and understanding the world around us, which is what we're talking about today. That leads me to have problems at school, at work. It leads me to change the way I approach relationships. I have legal problems, so you guys get involved in it, right? Uh, and I face homelessness. So, so things that will happen to me after I suffer a break, especially if I don't have the right supports, which in the state of New Mexico, Sadly, is the rule. Think in those terms. When somebody gets a brain injury in New Mexico, they'll go to the hospital, they'll be there 15 days, and then they're released to the world. So, so they, there's no support for them. Okay. So basically, you guys come that first line of support. Um, so why is it that us human beings communicate? Well, we want, we want to tell people what we're thinking. We're gonna give information. We want to provide information. We want to we want to connect with folks, right? Because we're, we're social beings. We want to we want to maintain relationships. We want to have a little power. Communication gives you power. Think about that. You all execute that all the time. Don't move, freeze. <laughs> That's a lot of power right there. I will freak out if I hear that. All right. So those are some of the things why we communicate. So it's important for you. It's important for me. It's important for Chris for anybody who would suffer a brain injury. Now, uh, how is it that brain injury affects communication? This is your main operating process system right here. Your brain, everything goes through there. It's your main computer. If your main computer gets damaged, the way you process information and the way you express information gets damaged. If I don't address that promptly with rehabilitation programs like you post a cube, you will hear that. You know, you go to Colorado, you get your 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 intensive rehab, or you go to text. If I don't address that, my processing information system will not recover or will not get better fast. It will take me a little longer. That's what you're facing here. 
Only 5% of the population in the United States receives proper rehabilitation after they suffer a brain injury. We're talking about 2.5 million people every year suffers a brain injury, and only 5% of those get. Or if you want to look at the larger number, among us, there are 14 million people living with a brain injury in the U.S., and only 5% of them got the proper rehab. I'm sitting next to one of them, right? Got the, got the log to, to go and do what you needed to do, all right? So the other thing that happens, though, that is affecting communication is that when you have some brain injury, there's changes that are happening to you all over. So it's not, all, it's not only my, my brain is affected, my physical condition might be affected, okay? My, my cognitive evidently is affected. My emotional condition is affected. My behavioral, the way I'm going to react to you, it's affected as well. And that influences communication a lot. So I put this little thing in here. You guys hopefully have this with you. And, and the intention of this was to show you, depending on the area of the brain that gets damaged, that's, those are the things that you will be lacking of. All of those things, guys, help you when you communicate. So now we're going to go and explain a little bit and give some, some fancy terms to the things that Chris talked about. Oh, wrong thing. Sorry. I'm learning how to navigate this thing. So it's been too long since I've been here since the last time. All right. So there's three areas that you can look at that get affected in your communication after you have a brain injury. You have language impairment, okay? Well, what, what we commonly know as aphasia or aphasia, you'll hear that a lot. Doctors will tell you that, right? Speech difficulties, which is it's got to do on the way, like, can I produce, can I generate, can I coordinate my vocal cords to produce the sound that generates the words? And the cognitive communication difficulties, which has got more to do with, like, Socially, how am I understanding communication? Am I really understanding what you're telling me? Applying the context in which we are, and those things. More of an emotional, cognitive thing. Um, okay, so dysphagia, so language impairment. Basically, the short explanation to this is that an area of your brain is damaged, and it controls what generates the movements for you to produce sound. And because it's damaged, you're unable to, I cannot tell my brain, or my brain cannot tell my jaw, I'm sorry, and my vocal cords, to generate that wave sound that's gonna allow me to speak. So I'm unable to talk to you because, not because I'm not understanding what you're saying, it's just because my connection is broken. That's, that's when it comes to expressive language. Receptive language is an area of my brain that sits around right here, the parietal lobe right here has been damaged. So you can tell me things, but the way I'm processing necessarily doesn't allow me to understand it at the same rate or speed in which you under, you process it. This is about processing, okay? Um, so Broca's aphasia is a very common type of, of language impairment. This affects more of the motor. What makes my vocal cords and my head and everything function to, to actually generate the sound to talk to you, okay? So I, I'm able to, maybe to understand what you're telling me, but when you're seeking for an answer from me, I'm unable to generate that answer verbally. 
you know, we'll, further along, we'll talk and we'll give you tips on what to do when that happens. But, but keep that in mind. So it's not that the person is being difficult and not wanting to answer you. Honestly, to God, they, their connection that allows them to, to produce the sound to answer ain't working. It's broken. I can't pronounce this last name to save my life, so you all got to bear with me. Dr. So it's Wernicke. Wernicke's area. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> so this, this is the area that's located right here, in your parietal temporal lobe. It, 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 it guides, is it, the, con the control center for understanding speech and make sense of what you're telling me. So hopefully that area is really active right now because you're making sense, right? <laughs> what I'm telling you. That area is helping you with that part. When I damage that area, oh my God, man. I, I can't, I can't, I can't really understand what you're telling me, but it's not because I'm, I'm lacking. I'm, I didn't lose any IQ points here. It's, it's that area that controls my understanding. It's just not clicking in all cylinders. So I might get confused. They might be sentences, you're telling me something, and I'm like, I look like I'm in blank. Because it's, I'm truly, honestly not understanding it. But it's not because I'm, I don't have the smarts. I don't know if I'm making sense. My IQ points have not gone down. I have the capability to solve a problem if you ain't talking to me. If I'm seeing it, I'll resolve that problem real quick. If I have to do it mechanically, I can probably solve it real quick if those areas of the brain are not damaged. But if you're talking to me, might as well be talking Chinese to me. I mean, like, like picture this thing. In so you're, you don't speak Chinese, though? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I do other things. But you're about to test you. Yeah. Yeah. So picture this right here. Imagine that you get on a plane. You close your eyes. All of a sudden, you land in China because you got on the wrong plane. And you get out. And everybody starts talking to you. You're going to be like, holy. And I'm not going to say the rest of that part. But that, that's, not, that's how you feel when you have this right here. It doesn't make any sense. All right? Now, the speech difficulty. So this is me now trying to talk to you. So, again, I can't pronounce this either. The accent. This is this Tartian. This, this this Look at that, man. Yeah, I got people helping me out, man. <laughs> So it, it's a disorder that's caused by the disturbance of control of the muscles that produce that speech sound, okay? So now my muscles ain't working right. Be and it's not because the muscle is damaged. It's because the control center that tells that muscle what to do for me to produce that sound ain't working properly. So these are the guys that sound wrong. These are the dudes that when you're walking around and you see somebody and they start talking to you, they're like, man, he had a case of beer. Probably hasn't had nothing yet, but he sounds like he had a case of beer. These are the folks that be talking to you and all of a sudden, you was out talking, I thought to you, man. It seems like they ran a hundred miles. They haven't run a hundred miles. They just can't. It's just something that happens when you got that damage right there. And the most evident one, which is probably the one that you never see, these folks actually can have paralysis in their face. So there's areas on their face that are, that are you know, that look rigid, that don't move. That's not really your, your common. Your common will be the guys that sound wrong or the guys that guys are like, loose bread. It's not because they're fat like I am. It's just because the control system is not working right. Um, another speech difficulty is what is called dyspraxia. 
Okay, and I, I killed that. Sorry, I got all these fancy words I can't pronounce on purpose. I'm practicing my speech. Uh -huh. um, John, I hate to cut you off real quick. One second. If you guys are logged on my phone, don't forget it's star six to mute yourselves and unmute. And then in the bottom left of Zoom is where you guys can mute and unmute your stuff. So now someone's dispatch is coming. Go ahead, John. Sorry. All right, that's okay, man. Uh, so, okay, so very, very similar. Again, it's an impairment, an impairment to, to coordinate the sequence of muscle movements that are involved in the speech. So, again, muscle-related, nothing wrong with your muscles. It's imagine, like, you know what, when you are doing, um, or you play with electricity, and, and your little cables are peel off, and you got, like, shh, shh, shh. Are you telling us to play with electricity? No, I'm not. This is that. Round of I am not. Or, or when you have a cable, I'm sorry, and it's English is my second language. When you have a cable, and, and it lost the cover, and your lights just go dim like that, kind of look at it the same way with this. What happens is, is these are the guys that, that sort of movements happen to, to, weather, to your tongue. So you make these real noises, or, or you mix words, or, or within the word, you mix, you mix letters. So they might sound like they're messing with you, actually. Because if you if you if you tell them something, they might repeat it and just change the structure or, or the letters within the word, like they're mocking. They're not mocking. It's just coming out that way. Or they or you ask a question, and the response of that question comes out, and you're like, "What is this gibberish this person is saying?" Because they're trying to tell me hospital, but they're saying, you know. City pal, whatever it is that it comes from the combination of words with that. So I mix that, but I'm not mixing it on purpose. I'm not mixing it to mess with you. I'm mixing it because it's coming out that way. Okay? My lips are weird things too. So it's not like I just smoke some blow. It's just it's just happening that way. My muscles have no control. Okay. Um so what happens? What is it that we do as brain injury folks that can express verbally to y'all? We use a lot of nonverbal communication. We do. So we might try to reach to you, which is when you're in full police mode, it ain't too smart. <laughs> but I don't know that because like Chris described it, I got a light on top of me, I'm freaking out. I got to tell you something, so I'm going to reach out to you. Or I'm going to try to show you something. I'm going to try to reach for my wallet and, and give that little card that the Brain Injury Alliance or the Brain Injury Research Center has given me that says, hi, I have a brain injury. These are my symptoms. And I understand, man, you got to be alert when somebody's touching. But I will say that if, at that point, maybe asking why are you reaching for or what are you trying to do, I don't think the person is going to stop doing it. They might do a gesture of, like, stop. They're going to try to convey that they're searching for that because they get really good at nonverbals. Someone might have actually pictures. Someone might have their phones. Uh, someone might have tablets that actually allow them to communicate verbally with you. So they might reach for those things, okay? And I understand, again, it's a safety thing. You gotta be safe. But, but if you allow yourself to ask them, and I know this is risky, but you allow yourself to ask them, what, what are you reaching for? Uh, you might you might get a, the answer that you're seeking at that point. Um, so they they will use these these things. We're working on developing a program for cards. Hopefully the card will try to have a picture of the person on the card. We're trying to have a contact information for the person and an emergency contact. So you could contact somebody and in the back of the card 
it will have their most common symptoms. So that's going to help you with what we're talking about today, actually. Okay? All right. So think about this. Who you are, everything that you are sits right here in your frontal lobe, right here. That is the most common place where a brain injury is your frontal lobe. So my executive function part of us, like what allows me to plan, to organize, to have flexible thinking, to act socially in a correct manner, it's gone. So I'm going to look awkward sometimes, especially if I don't have the training or if I'm in a situation of stress, which I hate to tell y'all, you all are stressful. Because you all come in with all the lights and all the nonsense stuff. That's stressful, man, for regular folks. So, so you got to remember that, too. And you'll see people frazzled and stops. And so those are little giveaways of that. Um, so what are my cognitive communication difficulties? And I'm not going to touch on all of them, but I'm going to talk about it because I think it's important for you to remember. I got memory challenge. My hard drive is broken. So I can't retain this stuff. I'm going to forget it. You got to give me a ticket. And I'm going to forget you gave it to me because I'm going to put it somewhere. Or you're going to tell me to go see Officer Saavedra, and I'm not going to go because I'm going to forget it. So I, we got to be we gotta be aware that when somebody identifies they have a brain injury after you, you help them calm down, write it down, guys. Or, or, or if they use the phone, have them, like, put it on the phone. It takes five seconds. It, it honestly truly does. Because if I just barely tell them, they don't forget. Yeah. We don't forget. All right? Um, my information processing, yeah, a little slower. A little slower. I'm going to understand everything you tell me. So you don't need to talk to me like this. I'm okay with you talking to me normal. Just make sure, though, that you allow me to process what you're telling me. You want to check that I got what you just told me? Ask me things like, what do you, so what do you understand of what, what I just told you? Yeah, um, I would make sure that they have plenty of time to understand what you were telling them, because it does. It takes them longer to process it, and I mean, it doesn't, you know, slowing down your speech doesn't help them, you know. Um, a lot of people do that, but it's... You know, it just takes them longer to understand and respond. And and, and and if you give people the time, you'll be surprised. And we ain't talking about 10 minutes here, guys. Yeah. I'm talking about a span of like 20, 25 seconds, maybe. It, so the person truly grasps what you're telling them. You are there trying to help them out. Because that's what you do. To allow them to have that. I can't plan like anybody else could plan. If I don't have my compensatory device, or if I haven't been teaching an alternative way to plan, so you gotta be aware of that too. So if we're if we're doing a thing in which we're gonna do a follow-up and we have to do some planning ahead, so I know you guys do that sometimes. We have to make sure that that they they're utilized. There's a device that's being utilized, whatever that device is, and and that the person feels comfortable with the device. Because if not, what happens is it goes in a pile, and it gets lost in the pile. And I'm unable to do it in my head and say, oh, these two, they got to go back to the prison to talk to such and such because they're going to help me. That, I, it will not be there. I can't plan ahead. And I end up going, hey, Chris, let's go and hit every village pizza because it's Wednesday. Village village end because it's, it's Wednesday and they have free money. 
Right? And that's what I want to do. What? Yeah, do you know that? Yeah, do you know that? No, come on, man. If it's not donuts, we don't know these things. <laughs> you don't get this fat by not knowing this thing. Okay? <laughs> All right, man. Inflexible thought process, guys. And that what it means is that I have a hard time thinking great. I think in absolutes. Think on we're sits all of a sudden. We're not we're not Jedi. We're sits. Sits thinks in, in absolute same thing. So the, the, the I'm gonna get stuck on an idea sometimes. It's gonna be hard for me to to adapt to what you're telling me. You're telling me something that's probably helpful for me, but I'm I'm not. It's gonna take me a little longer to adapt to that concept. And sometimes I'm gonna get stuck in my perspective. So you can tell me whatever you want, and I'm gonna keep telling you my perspective. So work with that. People are not trying to be difficult. They're not trying to be defiant with you. It's just the way they're processing that information at that point. I can't initiate something. Even less when I'm freaked out because you're telling me to stop and don't move and, and I have the light. So you're telling me to move, I might just freeze and I'm not, I'm, I'm just not doing it. Just, it's just can't, I, my condition doesn't allow me to initiate regularly. Under stress, it gets even worse. Right? And so I'm a little lethargic sometimes. I will. And heck, I take a lot of medication. My brain is rearranging. So can you imagine all the energy that it takes to rearrange your brain? It's insanity. I have control problems, man. I can't control my impulses. I'm going to tell you some crazy stuff sometimes, especially if I'm under stress. So you might, you might be, you know, being the nicest person in the world and her, sir, how can I help you? And I'm going to come on and I'm going to curse everybody up and I'm going to tell you some crazy stuff and I'm going to get loud or I'm going to look like I'm getting loud. But what happens is I can't control how loud my voice gets. So I'm not yelling at you. I just can't control that. Or I can't control that I'm going to curse three times before I can actually calm down. And I'm going to get frustrated real quick. You know what? Because I used, to, I, I used to understand these things in, in faster. I was able to express my idea faster. I was able to tell you what I was thinking or, or I was able to follow your instructions with no problems, and I can now. So I'm going to get mad with myself. I'm going to get frustrated about that. Socially, man, you know all these things I teach us when we're little? We know them. We're conscious of it. But with someone we're unable to do. Can't keep eye contact. So these are, you know, when you're looking at somebody and I know you're trying to see, man, let me look at his eyes. Are they red? Are they look this? Are they do that? And the person is not letting you. They ain't trying to hide or they just smoke the whole crack out of you. They just unable to have that eye contact with you. Hey, man, I'm just trying to make some examples here so people laugh a little bit. They can't wait for them turn to talk, man. They, they, I'm going to jump in your conversation. I'm going to jump, you're going to be telling me something, I'm going to jump on it. Because you know what, I, what, you, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. I, I, it's hard for me to carry on a long conversation, especially if you start getting complex. And I see hands up. That, that's going to be hard, because I'm going to be nervous on top of all of it. Uh, I'm going to perseverate on a topic. I'm going to keep telling you that what I'm doing today, you know what, it's, it's the fault of my ex-husband or my ex-wife. They're driving me nuts. So I decided to go and walk around naked in the street today because it's driving me nuts. And I'm going to come back to that, even though you're giving me a way out and you're telling me, hey, man, why don't we get you home? Let's do this, this, and that. I'm going to perseverate my topic, okay? I'm going to listen to you too much. I'm going to use, there's some folks that overuse gestures, so they're going to move their hands. 
They're going to reach for things. It's going to look like I want to hit you. And I don't want to hit you nothing. I'm just, I'm just, I got to let it out. I got to, I'm, I'm I become an Italian all of a sudden. I got to yeah. use my hand. <laughs> hey, I, I got some of that. I got some of that. All right. Uh, my, you, you ain't going to read my facial expressions. Some of us would come flat. I got nothing for you. I can I can receive the best news ever that we'll have everybody jumping up and down, and I'm gonna be late. And I can receive the worst news ever, I'm gonna be late. So those are things to to. I have no concept of boundaries. So I'm gonna stand like I'm gonna get like real close to you, man. Like like real close. I'm gonna be cool with it because I got no boundaries. All right. Um, so those are some other things. So, so how, what are some tips that we have for you that we can tell you, man, if you do this, it's going to help you out. Okay. To help somebody express themselves. Here I am. I'm facing someone. We got a 911 call. We realize this person needs some help, not related to any criminal stuff. And all the time somebody tells us they have a brain injury. All right. Give the person plenty of time. Or we, just, we just went over that. Allow the folks to process the information. You're telling them good information. You are. You're telling them good information. You allow. You're allowing them to calm down, and then you're gonna hook them up with places like the Brain Injury Resource Center or the Brain Injury Alliance or the hospital, whatever it is that you're hooking them up with, right? Allow them to understand what you're telling. Them. Ask them. Don't be afraid to say, "What do you understand about what I just told you?" Okay. That will help them process that information. Encourage every attempt for communication. So if the person pulls a little notepad and that's what they need because that's 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 how they can communicate with you, please encourage that. It'll give you that 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 communication that you need with the person. If the person is pulling pictures and is pointing at you, or if they point at references in the environment, please pay attention to that. They're doing their best to tell you what it is they're thinking or wanting you to know. Okay? Don't interrupt them, man, because I got in this train of thought, and if you interrupt me, I lost it. So whatever information you were trying to get from me, if if you stop me from it, I'm going to lose it, and it's going to be gone. And it might have been something that you really, really wanted me to tell you, or you really, really wanted me to know. Um, when we do clarifications, give choices, and and, and, and don't do the negative, the, 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 the negative things. I just did one. Don't. Or can't. Let's keep people open choices. Two choices are good, especially when you're trying to figure something out. So, do you mean you are left, or, or, or do you want to go left or right, or you want to turn on the radio or the TV? Like two options, very clear, simple. Because by nodding and by answering those simple questions, you can make up what this person needs at the time, and you can get the information that you're needing from the person. Yeah, uh, a little bit of. Uh... People, when they get multiple choices, you know, they basically get confused and freeze. I mean, so they, a lot of times, um, they can only process two options at one time, you know. So you really don't want to go ahead and give them, you know, do you want to go straight, left, right, or behind? No, just, you know, left or right. Now remember, what you're seeking is the meaning. What is it that the person really wants to tell you? You know how they're telling you that? 
So you don't never forget that. You want that information, right? So it don't matter how they're giving it to you, whether they put it in a sentence, whether they write it, whether they draw a picture. It doesn't matter. What you want is that information that they have and you need for them. Okay? How do we help a person understand right, what we're trying to tell them? You, this is going to be a hard one, the first one, because you are out there and, and you got the siren and you got the radio and you got the, the, the traffic noise, but somehow, some way, you have to take him into a place in which you block all that noise. First step, it'll help with people's attention. It'll help the person calm down. If there's 20 officers in the scene, reduce it to two, y'all when you're talking to this person. Because 20 of y'all, with all the radios and all them guns, yeah, that ain't working for me. Because I'm adding to my not understanding, I'm adding that stress, so my understanding is going to be even lower at this point. So avoid that background noise. And by background noise, it's visual and it's actual noise. Um, it speak naturally and clearly. It's like Chris was saying, the, the fact that we speak a little slower, it ain't going to make a difference. I actually am going to feel a little offended. To be honest with you, it happens to me. I have an accent. English is my second language. When I first got here, everybody was speaking to me, hello. And come on, I understand. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I shouldn't. No, you shouldn't do that. You should be like, hi, John. You should be. It's Matt. I understand you. Okay. Um, ensure eye contact. I know they, some of them are not going to be able to establish that with you, but if give them a sense of, it's a sense of security, y'all. Now think about it for a second. When you have eye contact and you see, you know, the, the, the person's eyes, you, you sort of kind of understand where they at. So it gives you a little security and it helps you calm down. It's speaking short and simple sentences, what Chris just said. If you make it too complex, I ain't going to be able to process that. But if you keep it simple, oh yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I promise, I'll catch up. Um, if a person doesn't understand, I mean, don't tell them the same thing. Try to, try to rephrase it. Be a little creative with how you present the stuff. Maybe we drop the technical stuff. You know, I, I, know, I know in our field, for example, we have a lot of acronyms. We need to drop that. We need to tell people stuff, lay it out, rephrase it, make it, make it, make it in English. Sometimes we don't speak English, even though we speak in English. Um, to calm a person down, and you guys, I think, do this pretty well. Talk about events, things, people. What were you doing? Where were you heading? You're helping me now. <sighs> Relax, man. I, ha, you know, uh, hey, man, I like the shoes. They're cool, dude. I wish I had some of those. You know, something that you can use that same thing that used to calm me down to then reference things to understand. So what you're telling me, does it look like this right here? And you show them the object. Or you point at something. And it might help them understand. Or I'm talking about this, and just point at the computer, for example. And I'm talking about the computer, okay? Um, identify peoples and topics. If you if you're telling me about he and she, hang on, hell, how many? Who, who he and she? Is it my mom? Is it my sister? Is it my girlfriend? My wife? My kid? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so who is it? You gotta give it a name to it. You gotta give it a name to it. So it's mad. And it's Jan. 
And, and and when you're asking me or explaining it to me, make sure that you mention names, specifics, so I keep track of it. Um, don't change topic quickly on me, please, because I'm already putting a big effort to 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 really pay attention and to try to understand what you're telling me. All that energy is going in there. If you change topic too quick, man. I'm gonna be gone because I gotta recharge my thing and re rearrange my energy somewhere else. Okay. Remember, y'all are stressful, man. You guys cause stress. So if you if you get me calm, I will be better. I put the tire thing because when you're dealing with homeless, which I know you guys probably do that a lot, those guys are by nature tired. So we need to make sure that, that we give them a minute to, to settle down, but also if they're standing or if you found them, allow them to sit down in the place, get them a little rest, so then you can establish that better communication, all right? Um, also, I, I, I think with brain injuries, I might be insomnic, so I, I won't sleep. So not only do I have a brain injury, now I'm extra tired. So that's important to be aware of that too. So that will affect how I understand you and how I communicate with you.